Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AMPM podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. I sound like a boxing announcer. <laughs> Welcome to the AMPM podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss generating recurring revenue 24 hours per day, all day, all night during the AM and the PM. In fact, I was just eating a soft shelled crab at a sushi place with my lady. And guess what, guys? I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So, Welcome to episode number, what episode is this? Episode eight? No, episode nine. (laughs) I'm losing track. Man, episode nine. And this is a continuation of the series back from episode five, six, seven, and eight, where we discuss um, launching your product, right? From everything from researching it to finding a supplier. And now in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to get your product from your supplier here back into the United States or wherever it is you are and getting it to Amazon and all the things that you need to have on your packaging and your product uh, to make sure that it doesn't get held up either at customs or at Amazon. You don't want it to get rejected. Uh, A lot of things we need to consider here, okay? By the way, I keep forgetting to say this, but my name is Manny Coates and I am your host for the next short while. So. One thing that I didn't mention in the last episode, which I should have, it slipped by, so I'm gonna mention it now, is that when you're dealing with Alibaba and a supplier over there, and you're getting to the point where now you're going to be paying for your product. You're in the process of paying for it, you want to get it all set and ready to ship out. You wanna make sure that the company bank information matches up with what is shown they're on Alibaba, okay? Uh, that the company name that is on Alibaba matches the name on the wire transfer that you're going to be sending the money through, okay? Now, you have to be careful. This is where scams happen, right? Where everything looks awesome and then you wire money and then you never get anything and you're like, what happened? And you find out that you wired it to some, some rogue company. So again, be careful. If you're actually selecting the little gold supplier check boxes, and the other boxes that we mentioned in the previous episode, then you're gonna be pretty well protected, okay? You're gonna be contacting these suppliers through Alibaba, communicating through their system. You're probably gonna be okay. So again, I just mentioned this. I ran into that issue once where, and it was a big order. It was my biggest order actually in terms of uh, a financial commitment and the company name on the the bank account that I was gonna be sending the money to did not match up to the name that was on Alibaba. And this was a gold supplier of many years. And it it wasn't even close to the same name. It wasn't like something was, there was an extra word or not. I mean, it was a completely different name. And so I was like, whoa, this is not right. So we communicated. I actually talked to Alibaba about it as well. They confirmed that it was the same company and I ended up using trade assurance anyways through Alibaba. So I felt pretty good and there were no issues. And that particular product, again, was my most expensive expenditure to date. Uh, Ordered a lot. I actually put in a reorder with the company. They've been fantastic. So uh, 
what turned out to be initially scary turned out to be a really good relationship with this company now. All right, we wanna go back a little bit uh, to the previous episode. You've, you've found your product, you've researched it, you've contacted suppliers on Alibaba, you now have the product that you want, right? You've already got the samples, the samples look good, you have now narrowed it down to that one supplier and you're ready to get things rolling and get that product created essentially, get it produced and sent out. So let's go through the checklist here, right? The first thing is you've got your pricing nailed down. You've gone through all the little details of what could lead to additional charges and you've made sure that the supplier isn't gonna be charging you for these things. And we're gonna go through all of these things because these are things that you're gonna want on your packaging. The first thing is, is your product going to be in a box or is it gonna be in a poly bag, okay? If it's gonna be in a box, not a big deal. You know, it's, it's gonna be whatever it is in terms of uh, the space it takes, the shipping. If it's in a poly bag, it's a little bit different. You wanna make sure that the poly bag is the correct thickness, uh, the minimum thickness that Amazon requires. They do have a minimum thickness, so they don't want the products to jam up their robots and their systems and, and have things rip and fall out. So it's gotta be a, a specific thickness, specific strength, um, make sure that uh, you've researched that and that the product is okay there. If the poly bag is over five inches wide, then you're gonna need to put a suffocation label on that particular product, okay? And I'll put that in the show notes. I'll actually have a, a template that you can download and just print up or send to your supplier and they can actually just print it and put it on your product. It, shouldn't, it should only be a few cents if you've got the right supplier to, to print these and, and put them on. If you don't put this on, there's a good chance that when it does get to Amazon, if it gets caught by somebody, your whole order could be delayed until these uh, until this is all fixed. So that's the first thing. If you're importing it from China or pretty much from anywhere, you've got to place the country of origin on that product. We've seen this on pretty much every product you order, right? It says made in China. So on the products that I have, when when possible, I actually put that on the actual product. A little teeny sticker says made in China. You can stamp it on if you want with ink. I have a little teeny sticker. It usually goes on the bottom of somewhere where it's not seen. And again, I've, I've got friends that don't do this and they somehow get their products through. I, I've heard nightmare stories of people that don't. So I make sure that I do it. Also, I have friends that just put it on the box, right? Or on the outside of the packaging. No problem. I actually either put it on my product or I have a toy line where it does come in a poly bag and instead of actually placing it on the toy itself or on the poly bag, I have a nice label, a big big label that takes up almost a whole poly bag and I actually put the Made in China logo inside the, the graphic itself that's printed on the, card, on the, the cardboard insert. So uh, I never have to worry about putting stickers on it ever. It's part of the packaging. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Another product that I have, same thing. It's a carton essentially with products inside of it. And the carton itself is a glossy, beautiful um, looking product. And it has part of the graphic. And when we created the graphic file for it, the illustrator file was to add a made in China logo um, in the corner. It would be on the, the back of the box. Make sure that you're doing that. You don't wanna run into any problems, right? The next thing is if your product needs a UPC if you're gonna be shipping out the products yourself, if you're handling it, um, or you're gonna be selling it through places outside of Amazon. If you're like me and you're only selling products on Amazon and you're letting Amazon do all the fulfillment, you never see the product, it just goes to their warehouse, 
somebody places the order and they send it out, then you don't even need the UPC. I mean, you need the UPC to create the product itself on your Seller Central account to actually get it listed in online. But in terms of the actual product itself, you don't need a UPC on it. What you will need is the FN SKU number and you'll get that from Amazon through your dashboard and that'll be a little sticker that, again, it's uh, they give you PDF files. You'll say, oh, I have you know 100 boxes of this product. Uh, it'll print up a, a PDF with 100 labels. I send that to my supplier. They print it up and stick it right on the products. Again, on one of the products that I have, I took the FN SKU and I had it implemented into the graphic file of the box. So it's actually permanently on the box. Every time I reorder, it's there. I don't have to have them print up labels, stick it on the product. I was a little nervous about that because you know I was like, well, what if the size shrinks it or you know it's not exactly right, but it came out perfect. And it's just one less thing that I've got to worry about. And it's one less cost that I have to, uh, to think about. It's 20 cents, right? That's what Amazon charges you to put these FN SKUs on. So if you're ordering, you know, uh, 5,000 units at 20 cents each, it's a thousand bucks, thousand dollars that I saved just by sticking it in the artwork that I need to put on the product in the first place. Anyways, no matter what, it's not a, it's a zero cent cost to me, but it saves me a thousand bucks. So it makes sense, right? So make sure uh, you're doing that. Okay. So when I finally placed my order through Alibaba for my, my first supplier, the waiting time was about 15 to 20 days to get the product actually manufactured. And then it was another five days or so to get it to me here in the US if I used express shipping through, through UPS or through FedEx. So I was looking at 20 to 25 days typically for this one supplier. Now, I, I have multiple suppliers now and they all vary. You know, one of them takes forever. It takes about a month for them to actually create everything. It's a lot more custom. And then I have other guys uh, that are just super fast. They can have stuff ready in, in under a week and it's ready to go. If you are doing things a little bit more complicated, it's obviously going to increase the amount of, of lead time to actually get the product done, right? So if you're doing customized boxes or packaging, if you're changing the product in any way, you're changing the color, you're doing something even more extensive, like you're actually changing the, the shape of the product or the power of the product or whatever it is, you're doing something, then that's gotta go through some kind of customization and that's gonna really extend the lead time uh, that it's gonna take to actually get the product. So keep that all in mind when you're looking at your uh, doing your initial orders, okay? Taking a full month to a month and a half isn't uncommon for your first product. It takes a little while. And then after that, the reorder should be a lot faster. And then after that, you're gonna be kind of figuring things out, right? Because you don't know what your sales volume is gonna be initially. So it's hard to plan the reorders and calculate the lead times if you don't know how quickly you're going to run out of something. If it's slow orders and they're coming in, you know, over a long period of time and you've got, you know, two or three months worth of inventory, not a big deal. But it's those runaway hits where you have something and you're like, holy cow, you know, I'm selling 50 units a day and I only have got a thousand units. You're like, I'm going to run out here in three weeks and it takes a month to get a reorder. You're kind of a, you're in a bad place. So it's a little bit of experimentation in the beginning to figure things out. But, you know, I guess that's a bad or I mean, I guess that's a, a good problem to have for a bad scenario, right? For running out of stock. So during the time that it takes to actually get the product shipped into you from China or wherever it is that you're, you're sourcing it from, use this time to get everything else in order, okay? 
you need to get your potentially your website up um, if you've got a brand and you want to protect that brand one of the steps is you're gonna have to have a website a domain for that brand so if you're called if you're called widgets one two three that's your brand you'll probably want to register widgets one two three dot com and um, get that all set up so you can do brand registry later on uh, with Amazon and that's a whole different podcast so we won't talk about that right now if you haven't done so yet um, this would be the time to also go back into the product and uh, on your seller central account and start filling in all the details things that you might have had just as placeholders right really get those bullet points in get the descriptions in the title make it perfect get all your images in you want to get everything ready so that when the product actually arrives to Amazon you're all set and you don't have to worry about um, rushing things okay so um, yeah use this time to get all your uh, your affairs in order and you'll be set okay so before you can actually have the product shipped to you we kind of got to back up a little bit because uh, for example in my case I'm having my suppliers do all the labeling for me okay this includes the FN SKU that Amazon needs in order to sell the products okay so before I can do that before I can get an FN SKU I have to fully set up the product on Amazon all right and in order to do that you've got to have UPC codes so that you can actually set up the product and get the get yourself uh, an ASIN number get your FN SKU labels get everything created so you've got to do that you can get UPC labels or the codes uh, at a ton of different sites you get them pretty cheap there's a lot of expensive ones but you don't need to use the expensive ones but you need to set up this or you need the UPC code in order to set up the account and then eventually you're going to need the UPC code printed and put on your product if again you're you're selling it outside of Amazon or if you're not actually applying the FN SKU to your product you need to have a UPC on there so that Amazon can apply the FN SKU they'll use the UPC to do that they'll end up covering the UPC code with the FN SKU that's the same thing uh, that you'll have to do by the way if if you do have a UPC code on your product and uh, you're sending this to Amazon and you don't want them to to actually do the FN SKU you want to do it yourself you have to make sure that you cover your UPC code with your FN SKU code all right only one code should be visible in terms of the actual volume of product that you're going to be ordering how many units it's something you got to really think about um, it's not just the units that you're going to be selling but part of the launch process that we'll be discussing in the next episode requires you to have enough inventory on hand to actually give away for free or give away at a discount so that you can get your reviews that's the process that I use that's a process that a lot of the the big hitters use and I, I think it's a fantastic way of doing things it gets things going right away so keep that in mind you're probably gonna want at least 50 to 200 extra units uh, just for reviews 50 is I guess on the small side 40 or to 50 uh, you can get away with and then if you're in a really competitive market you're gonna need a lot more than that so keep that in mind the 50 to 200 number again depends on the level of competition the niche that you're in I'll go over the the review process and how that works in a uh, in a different episode but uh, that's more of the the launch strategy when actually shipping the products out to the US from from your supplier um, you can ship it by uh, we, we keep talking about express shipping you can ship it by express shipping um, by air or by sea by boat okay by air means uh, the difference between that and express shipping is that by air they'll send it to an airport and then you have to arrange 
for pickup. Same thing by sea or by boat. Um, means you're putting it on a boat and it's going to take, you know, a, a few weeks typically to get out here. I always kind of factor in about a month to actually uh, calculate the time that it's going to take. And you're going to save a lot of money relative to express shipping. Express shipping is fast. You get it in just a few days by air, a little bit longer. But again, you need to manage the the pickup and the delivery. Typically, you're going to want to use a freight forwarding company. And we can get into that in a different episode. Freight forwarding is actually a complicated, for me, it was complicated uh, scenario to figure out. Same thing with C. There's so many forms and so many things you've got to fill out and handle when getting something on a boat and then getting it through customs and paying all the duties and fees. And this is why, honestly, a lot of the big guys out there that are doing just tons and tons of sales. You're doing six figures per month. A lot of them still don't use boat. They don't send stuff by sea. They use express shipping because it's such a complicated and, and nutty process that they just don't want to deal with it. But honestly, shipping by sea is it's the way to go. I think it's it's cheap. You know, instead of sending something that, you know, if you're going by express air and it's costing you $3 per unit to ship it, that same unit might cost you 20 cents to ship on a boat. So your your profit margins are drastically reduced, right? I mean, $3, I'm just, I'm of course, I'm using this as an example because I don't know what your product's going to be. But if you can save yourself 3 or $4 per unit uh, on shipping, and you're only making, let's say you're making $8 profit if you're doing it by air and you get an extra $4. I mean, you've increased your profit margin by 50%, 40-50% depending on, on where you're at with everything, right? So it could be huge. I'm using a freight forwarder for C shipping, the same same freight forwarding that I would use for, for anything else. They handle everything for me. Basically, they even go to the factory, pick up the stuff, bring it to their facility, package it all the way it needs to be packaged, whether it needs to be palleted, uh, whatever the case might be. They send it out here, do all the paperwork. They send me a bill. And then from there, they send it off to Amazon's warehouses based on the the FBA labels that I've, I've given them, all right, that I gave the factory when they created my, my products and put them on the boxes. And that's it. You know, it's done. I've actually used my freight forwarders for for express air because I was doing so many boxes. I mean, I had a couple thousand pounds worth of product that came in. I had the freight forwarders take care of everything and then they shipped it off to Amazon. And yeah, everything, I mean, there were some hiccups for sure. And that's a story I've, I've got to explain in a different podcast and how I, how, I, how I actually handled it because some product got lost, but it wasn't because of the freight forwarders. It was because of Amazon and the Christmas period and how they eventually found the product. And it was just kind of, that part was a nightmare, but it's a whole podcast that I could talk about because it was, it, it involved reimbursement of product by Amazon, things I've never had to even think about that could be really valuable to, to my listeners. So freight forwarding, I'll do an episode on that. And, and actually I'd like to have uh, one of my my guys at the freight forwarding company come on the show and, and talk about the pros and cons potentially of, of using them. I think it's almost all pros. The cons are a little bit slower delivery. I will have more information on sea shipping because my next orders are coming by sea and that will be uh, yeah in an upcoming episode. So uh, for simplicity reasons, when you start out, if you're especially if this is your first product, just use Express Air the first time, uh, maybe the first few times. It's going to be way less complicated. You don't have to deal with customs because uh, the three major carriers that you're most likely going to be using, FedEx, DHL, and UPS, they're your customs agents. 
they handle all that so you don't have to worry about it they they take care of all the fees and then they'll just bill you and then deliver and you're good so you don't have to you don't have to really worry about it okay so just use them from there yeah you can just print out your amazon labels the labels that that you would use to ship the products to the amazon warehouses to get the products into inventory get them online you'll be sending those to your supplier that's what i do i send them to my supplier they put them on all the boxes the the cartons they call them you'll you'll be dealing with that the cartons if you're shipping the products directly to your house first so that you can review everything make sure it's all good then for sure you'll you'll want to use the ups uh, shipping service that amazon provides because they have super discounted rates like it's it's like crazy rates compared to what you can normally get and then you can just ship it from your house to amazon and save a lot of money so there you go guys that's about it on the shipping i guess to summarize if you're a first-time seller go with express air shipping it's not the most inexpensive way of doing it but it's the easiest way and the fastest way i would probably have your first order shipped to your house because that will allow you to make sure that the products that you get are actually set up the way you want they look the way you want they've got all the correct labeling in place the fn SKUs are in place correctly you just want to make sure that there's there are no issues with the product there's plenty of stories out there where people have shipped directly from china to or directly from their supplier wherever that might be directly to amazon and there was something wrong with it the labels were applied incorrectly they were missing the same label was put on everything if you had multiple variations or, or different products and it just messed everything up so your first time i did it and i think you should probably do it as well have the stuff sent directly to you to your place of work uh, wherever that might be your home for example and then review it and if everything looks good you can probably just repackage up the the boxes that's what i did i used the same exact boxes they came came in after i opened them I took some samples out for myself that I was going to keep. I printed up the appropriate labels, uh, the FBA labels, the Amazon labels that they need, and I sent them to the multiple warehouses that Amazon requested I send them to, and I was done. And that was my first experience with actually sending product to Amazon, and it worked out really well. It was easy. The next set of products that I ordered was a lot more complicated. It involved a freight forwarding company because of the volume. We were ordering over a ton of products. I mean, literally over 2,000 pounds worth of product that was coming into the U.S. And I heard that when you go over certain amounts, it creates issues. I didn't want it to go directly to Amazon. I wanted it to you know, be checked out uh, when it got here by professionals. I wanted to make sure all the fees were taken care of and just you know, make sure that uh, there were no problems and, and it worked out well in the end. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about pricing your product, some pricing strategies, and also your sales goals. You know, where do you want to be each day with your product in terms of sales? What's the goal for the end of the month? And when should you focus on another product? So we still have quite a bit to cover. Beyond that, we'll have a few more episodes covering keywords and some other cool data to uh, really get you going. So I hope you'll join me in those episodes. And if you like what you've heard today, please do subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.
listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.